Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning back in. Welcome to the 8th episode of the Talk Design to Me podcast. The guest on today's episode is Rahul Chakrabarti. Rahul is a senior product designer at Swiggy who's previously worked at companies like Flipkart and Headout. Rahul is also an amateur photographer and an active participant in what seems like all design related communities and spaces. In this episode, we talked about his journey of becoming a product designer, the difference in work between a junior designer, senior designer and a lead designer, how to create leverage and grow as a designer, how to pick a good company to work at, the importance of being an active part of the community and some overall tips for product designers who are starting out. I really believe that some of Rahul's answers will change the way you look at certain things as a product designer and I can't wait for you all to hear this episode. So here goes. Hey Rahul, welcome to the Talk Design to Me podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you so much for taking the time off for being on the show man. Like I've been following you for so long right now and as I said even on the message that I you know sent you to reach out where it's like on my Instagram stories I make sure that I check your stories to see you know if you're posting anything new that's happening in the design world and you're sort of like a like a window for me into all the design news that happens so thank you so much for being that and also I love all the artworks that you post on at made by rahul uh they just very vibrant very simple but you know get the message across so I love all the experiments that you do Thanks. over there how was your day Thanks so much man <laughs> uh I have been like uh, right now I just Finish up a meeting. I had blocked this time slot for this one. I mean, uh, currently we are uh, working. I mean, brainstorming right and remote sessions are really tough, and we are really struggling. Uh, I mean, we are keeping around two hours set in our calendars, uh, or I mean, the team which we are uh, working on, and then uh, we are just brainstorming to brainstorm on Figma and. I mean, it's very difficult to look at one screen here, see the faces, and this set up other screen when we look at Sigma there. So I hope, I hope things go back to normal soon. <laughs> yeah, man, I hope so too. Like, it's just weird at this point where it's been so long that you just can't see people anymore and have physical meetings. Everything's just happening yeah. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So um, many disagree and commit. I mean, it's just, just so that because brainstorming is difficult, right? Here in yeah. the remote session. True. we just disagree and come and you know initially how when the whole pandemic started everybody became uh, you know remote and you know everybody started talking about how meetings are more efficient and things like that because you now you don't have to sit in physical meetings but we've sort of seen how as we went through like the longer and longer the pandemic kept going the meetings also became again like physical meetings like they also became pointless <laughs> yeah. and boring and long so it's even harder when you just have to go through it on a screen rather than directly being there exactly <laughs> uh one of the things that i want to start off with is your story right like tell, take me through all the details of what is the first design touch point that you had like was it like a poster that you saw some app that you used or some some cool thing that you saw like you know you got influenced by it and thought oh cool like i want to do this to where you are right now what's that journey been like cuz being a product designer is not like a staple thought for most design and um, indians right so yeah. take me through that journey man uh i mean uh, okay i'll start from the very first point uh, test point so when i uh, was in around uh, in class 8 or 9 maybe mm-hmm. so that's when i started coding and that's where i got a, a computer i mean a desktop computer mm-hmm. and that's when right we we had windows and that time winamp 
was really famous right <laughs> and there was another uh, customization platform called Ra- rain meter i guess okay uh, which allowed you to customize your windows uh, entirely because windows of course it was boring and uh, if you saw deviant art right if you remember deviant yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so they had really cool skins and all and then you could you could transfuse uh, this icons here and you could change your entire system's icons so that seemed pretty cool right that time and that's when i uh, i mean started fiddling around uh i followed few designers i used to download these icon packs i used to see the icons i used to design my own rain meter themes and mm-hmm. sometimes we win am customizations and all uh i i didn't knew this was a proper job kind of thing i just thought some uh, tech enthusiast just used to do this and mm-hmm. myself being one i i also started doing this that's when uh two years passed by uh and then mock ups right phone mockups and all realistic mockups in photoshop right these things started coming into deviant art so mm-hmm. i was a really uh, huge uh, i mean active member of the deviant art community that kind of and then uh, i got into more coding in 11th and 12th mm-hmm. and my initial idea was to get uh, get into computer science uh, or physics so those were my two options i really scored well in uh, computer but i somehow chose physics uh for my graduation mm-hmm. uh one thing was clear that i won't be doing engineering i had <laughs> given the entrance exams uh, but <laughs> the rank was like a phone number uh, okay. so <laughs> so uh yeah i got into zavius in 2012 mm-hmm. uh, and that's when i got a laptop uh and then somehow i don't remember how but i got to know this site called 99designs.com Okay. where uh, you could i mean participate in contests right and then you could earn money if you won that hmm. and having i mean i knew photoshop a bit and i started with graphic design stuff uh, these uh, logos and small uh, poster kind of things which they needed uh, and that time 2012 skeuomorphic design was really coming into uh, the picture that it was really famous and uh app icons right to really cool app icons people used to put contest for app icons for their product so i used to participate in all those things and uh this continued for one year almost till second year and i earned uh, quite a lot of money there i mean i participated a lot and uh but the downside was my grades also went down <laughs> my entire focus was on that side uh also meanwhile i had done uh, some uh, college posters and t-shirts uh because obviously i am the i was the only one who knew all this and i was the one who had to do it and also i liked doing it so i also volunteered for some other departments uh like the science department the entire science department or the computer department and then i worked for them also mm-hmm. uh in some of the uh, small tasks uh and then by the end of i mean end of second year or around the start of third year it was back in 2014 around 2014 2015 so that's when i got to know about uh, ux design uh, from behance and all i had my portfolio there uh, so then i thought okay this is something i really like to do i mean graphic design is of course good uh, i was really into packaging designs and i really like them uh, so UX design really, uh, I mean, creating stuff, right? 
so i had been doing uh, i mean fiddling with arduino and raspberry in my college days so i had done a lot of these diy projects i had some projects on instructables also mm-hmm. so uh, i but ux was uh, ux and building products right that was kind of a thing that interests me and then i started uh, working on that i mean i had worked on few client projects also which i got from behance some portfolio some conceptual projects i made uh, random i mean <laughs> even i am embarrassed i have removed all those projects <laughs> so uh, yeah so that continued for another 6 7 months and it was 2015 june and i mean college and basically and most of my friends graduated i mean all of my friends graduated uh, and i had to stay back for another year and give the exams because i had area and supplements basically okay. from the previous year so i had to clear those so i thought okay i'll uh, while while i'm at home i'll be preparing for my exams in december 2015 and uh, i will of course work on these client projects and these side projects so this this was the decision uh, and then a month after like I, in july or august right in 2015 i just decided that okay i'm not going to continue this exam uh, i'll just drop off and i'll just continue my focus on design completely and that was the time back then when i started getting a lot of uh, job offers in 2014 right you, you remember how the startup industry started booming in india right all these top startups were formed in that year tomato swiggy and head out uh, and all these cool startups in housing and all which is pretty famous mm-hmm. and i had got a lot of hr recruiters email and all because of my portfolio that are interested in joining you know and that gave me a subtle confidence boost there and that that's when i decided right okay i don't want to take any college i will just focus and on my portfolio i'll make a stronger portfolio i'll read a lot and then next year uh, i'll start applying on my own so i did that the entire year uh, i mean for 10 11 months i was just at home like this quarantine <laughs> uh, similar thing uh, i just uh, did some client projects i just studied a lot of books and did some uh, i mean personal projects and all and around march or april 2016 that's when i decided okay the portfolio is good enough now i can uh, start applying i had a dribble and a behance portfolio that time so mm-hmm. dribble also started becoming popular and i also i mean dribble was invite basis right so i had to yeah. wait for a year to get invite oh my god <laughs> i was really happy <laughs> okay now i am also one of the dribblers <laughs> and uh, yeah so and then i joined i mean my interview process went with few companies uh, in 2016 first up and then finally i decided uh, to join head out uh, in june i took a month break also after that after i got the offer i told that okay i am not mentally prepared to shift to bangalore <laughs> i just take one month break again <laughs> and then uh, i had asked the i had one offer from uh, gurgaon uh, or delhi uh, and another in bangalore so i was really confused which one to go and or uh, some of my friends i had many friends in the design community through some facebook groups mm-hmm. and uh, they suggested me that okay bangalore is really cool for this uh, kind of field and also bangalore and uh, that that my, i mean many people many many of my friends also were there so i just chose bangalore I, I mean, I joined Head Out, and that's when I mean I was the first designer there. 
uh, in-house designer. Uh, previously, someone else, someone, um, I mean, they had hired someone to do uh, the initial app or whatever they had at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was a 50 or a 40 member team uh, back then. And uh, so that's when I joined. Uh, and I, I mean, what most of my learnings, right, happened in head out from the products. I used to work with the CEO very closely. And the people there, right, were really awesome. And I mean, Headout has a really cool startup culture. I mean, to stay 24-7, the office was open because of the operations team and all. And it was it felt like a second of my, most of my time was spent there only in the office doing stuff. And yeah, so that's how the journey has been uh, till my job life. Uh, after a year, I got into Flipkart uh, in 2017. Uh, I spent more than two years there. And just this December 2019, I joined Swiggy. Oh, and nice. yeah, now quarantine. <laughs> so most of your Swiggy uh, work life has been in quarantine, right? What you've been there, you went to office for a couple of months, three months at max? Yeah, two months. <laughs> oh my God. Two and a half months actually. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, for someone who's been in the product design space for quite some time, what do you think is that one thing that is very clear to you about product design, but most people seem to be confused about? So, I mean, there are a lot of things which, uh, there are a lot of philosophies I would say many people follow. Uh, people from design school follow a very uh, ethical uh, point of view, which I am not denying. Uh, ethics should be maintained when you are designing. Uh, for me, it has been, I mean, as per my experience, I mean, sometimes uh, business, right, when you talk about the product right as a product designer not as a, not as a designer so as a product designer uh, business is as equally important as user experience so these understanding these two things right are very core uh, another another factor would be the technical side of things the technical feasibility or the engineering side of things so these three right these three make up the entire product engineering business and user experience or the design so having these three fundas clear right, is very important for a product designer most people who tend to start out even i had committed that mistake that design is always about experience and most people think that experience should be the topmost choice in a product I and mean, user experience should be top and then the other things but that's not how it works that's not how you sustain a product uh, product needs to be good and be sustainable and be feasible at the same time. So these three things are important. I think uh, that's one clarity the designer, the earlier they get, the better it is. True. Um, again, like even talking about people who are coming from, you know, design school, they're more focused on like, you know, the every single nitty gritty that goes behind making the design work and making the design like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that they're focused on, especially on the design, but not overall as like the you know the business part of it also so i think that's that's a great answer uh what do you prefer calling yourself a uix designer product designer or interaction designer and why <laughs> i uh, like calling myself a product designer mm-hmm. previously i used to call ui UX because that was the uh, fashion uh, three four mm-hmm. years back uh, but yeah product designer to me because uh, i think i really like uh, delving into the integrities of the product side of things. I mean, the product as a whole, I like to see it as an entire uh, 
uh, I mean, I, I'd like to see the entire holistic view of the product, mm-hmm. uh, how things, how the operation side of things work, how business works, and how can you make the experience better while all these things are running, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't call myself uh, UI UX or an interaction because that is just uh, one part of what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other parts which I would like. I mean, I would like to improve on, and I mean, go forward that track. So that's why product design. That's great. Among your friends and your family, do they ever confuse you with an industrial designer when you say you're a product designer? <laughs> no, they don't know the meaning of my brother. Okay. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so you're a senior designer now at Swiggy, right? Yeah. Senior product designer. Uh, so for someone, so I, ha- I always like all my, my product design journey has been freelance, uh, and I've never worked in house anywhere. So I want to understand from you, uh, what is the sort of, uh, you know, the difference between a junior, de- junior product designer, a senior product designer, a lead product designer and a product manager, like what, what are the differences in responsibilities slash how much impact you have on the design decisions that you make on the business and how's that? Like, how is that hierarchy like? So, uh, product manager is a separate track. Okay. Uh, I'll come to that uh, later on. So, you know, in the design side of things, right? Uh, junior design. So, to keep it simple there, I mean, every company has their own role structure. And they tend to get very detailed and some de- uh, and some keep it simple. So I'll just uh, explain it in a simple way. So there's junior designer, and then there is senior designer, then there is lead designer. And then uh, you get the option uh, in some companies, uh, you get the option to choose uh, between management or individual contributor uh, track. So if you are an individual contributor, so you tend to work hands-on on your uh, products or design. Right? So that's where you become architect or principal designers after lead. And on the other side, right, uh, uh, you can you can become manager, and then further on you can become a director. The management side of things. So most companies in India tend to follow this managerial track, and they uh, they do not have an IC track. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean that thing is changing now, uh, since not everyone is into people management. People want to work hands on, right? Or there is another, in some companies, there is another thing called the hybrid uh, designer, which does a, a bit of mentorship and management and also continue to keep working on the uh, projects they lead. So in terms of responsibility, right? Junior designer, of course, uh, uh, I mean, it's simple, right? They are junior, they have a uh, scope of learning from the seniors uh, above them, right? So. In simple words, yeah, uh, juniors, uh, the responsibilities are pretty much simple and they will have certain person to guide over them whenever they face any difficulty. Senior uh, designer is where uh, people uh, start owning projects, right? And they, uh, for example, if you consider me, uh, I have, uh, I started owning projects, some of the projects, and I have very minimal interactions with my manager. Uh, a lead designer, uh, tends to own even bigger chunks of projects end to end. So they participate in uh, even in stakeholder decisions and all. So they have the say. Uh, I mean, senior designers also have a say, but if you compare it to a lead, right? So that's where 
uh, senior designers get yeah, can get support by the by the leads or their managers. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you are going moving up the ladder of an individual contributorship, right, and the lead or the principal designer, you tend to own even bigger chunks of project and handle them end to end. So, uh, Intercom has a really, uh, I mean, defined path of what all these uh, roles mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if you include links in the description. I can uh, give you yeah. that link so that sure, you can, yeah. uh, include that link. Yeah. And okay, coming to the product manager part, right? Uh, even they have these roles, junior product manager and the senior product managers and uh, so on. Uh, product managers actually help as a, uh, most of the time they help as a bridge between all the uh, different teams and they own the product end to end. They have the entire holistic view of how the design is working, how the feasibility works, or uh, how, I mean, what's the scope or the roadmap uh, of the entire product? How will it, uh, how will it change in the future? Uh, so uh, even designers can start pitching in and start building the uh, documents or the roadmap. Once you reach a certain level, like the lead or the senior roles in design, uh, you start contributing alongside the product to build what the product is, right? For the vision, the long-term vision of the product, you can start contributing that. But uh, in simple words, the product manager is the one who owns it and uh, they help you get data and all if you are not able to touch yourself they will have a better understanding of whatever things uh, are working in the company or the product you are working on. Got it. Got yeah. it. Thank you. Uh, now let's talk about the junior designer side of it. Uh, let's say for someone before you become a junior designer in like an in-house, uh, you know, in-house of, of some company where you like for someone like me, who's just freelanced or for someone who's starting out and has only worked on personal projects where, you know, you get to do from the brainstorming to do the entire, you know, visual identity, like through the entire process. But when you are a junior designer in a company, you will be contributing to one aspect of one project, which is like a part of a whole thing. So yeah. uh, can you tell me like how, how different it is and how much, like what's the percentage of a project that a junior designer will actually be working on? So... It depends from the from company to company actually and what product, uh, project you are working on. So it depends on the type of project and the company you are working in. In bigger organizations, things are different while compared to see, uh, I mean, the smaller organizations. So if you consider my journey, uh, I was the single designer there in Headout before we had a design team. So I was responsible for owning a lot of things, building the entire desktop app, for example, and the entire desktop experience and redesign the entire mobile experience there. For me, I it was my first job. I am I was a junior then, of course, but the responsibilities were a lot compared to what it would be in a design team, uh, in a bigger uh, design team, right? So it really depends. Uh, in an ideal scenario, yeah, you if you consider a normal e-commerce product, for example, uh, a junior designer can handle one of the uh, categories or one of the sections of the e-commerce project and uh, he or she can focus entirely on that aspect while getting help from the others. Right? That's how they get to learn the team uh, structure, how, how to work in a team and how to stitch different experiences together. So yeah, that's 
the responsibility part got it and uh, let's let's take a particular case right like something in a huge company like swiggy or let's say even bigger like when you are a product designer in a company like facebook or google right uh, that to a junior designer where the kind of work that you will be like kind of projects that you will be working on you won't probably always see an effect on the final product right these are very small things probably like back end or you know something on management side of it that you're working on so one thing i can see as a person who's a junior designer is for me at that point my motivation is to learn as much as i can from my senior designers and you know try to be a parasite and leech onto all the knowledge that i can what else can i tell myself to be motivated because it's it uh, you have to you have to get that sort of satisfaction as a designer right like when you are designing something you also want to see the by product of it so when you're not seeing it what are some things that i can do as a designer or like you know anybody who's starting out can do to be mindful that okay this is a long journey and what are some things that they can do to like feel that sort of fulfillment in their work so uh can you elaborate the last part actually uh so basically what i mean is when you're working in too large of a company and when you're a junior designer the kind of designs that like things that you design might not always be on the end product side of it or what or for the users use right like let's say if how when swiggy turned 6 uh, if i'm not wrong recently so uh, i recently saw someone posting uh, you know the who someone who worked on the 3d design which comes on the landing page right but yeah. th- like what i'm saying is when you're a designer not always what you design might be on the final like what users interact with so when i'm not seeing the byproduct of what i'm designing how can i sort of motivate myself to keep going because only when you get to certain stage will you be like you know making that difference in the final product right so what are some things that junior designers can do to like feel that sort of fulfillment even in the smallest projects that you work on so uh i'm not sure about how bigger companies work because i haven't worked on any of them i mean the biggest company for me was flipkart mm-hmm. and i can tell you from that perspective uh, how junior designers uh, used to work uh, and how they made contributions uh, so there is always something that i mean as a designer right when you're designing for the consumers as a junior designer when you're designing for the consumers there is always something that you will be working on uh, which the user will interact i mean even if it's a small thing or a small module or a small even if it's a small button right there will be something that uh, you you will be working on and the user will be interacting with it so and that's part of the process right if you are owning smaller chunks of project there will be many such small touch points which you have designed hmm. and that uh, those things stitched together entire uh, entirely makes the entire product right uh, one person senior to you might be working on bigger chunks of projects maybe it's visible to the entire uh uh entire set of users or the audience that okay this is the entire experience and this is what eos is designed i mean we have to consider the fact that it's it's always a team effort it's not a one person effort and uh to motivate oneself right i mean you start taking a lot of these projects uh even if it's small right you start owning you talk to your manager you start owning uh bigger and bigger projects one by one and then that's how you build your leverage right building leverage in a company is very important hmm. so it's not what you design it's how you approach the design how you collaborate or how you build your uh, internal networks within the team and how you keep your relations with the manager uh, those things right uh, 
matter a lot in how, how you can own projects so it happened with me in uh, flipkart i was very uh, enthusiastic about learning a lot of stuff handling uh, many projects together and uh, my manager was i mean i was i'm really thankful to my manager who gave me many such opportunities right even if they were small i mean i have done uh, some uh, remember uh, i mean there are ios widgets right ios android widgets that come in and these app store screenshots and all those are not part of the uh, job description as per se right they are they, they they are supposed to be handled by certain uh, teams uh, or the marketing team maybe uh, for the creatives and all but i really took that opportunity right that i could make such impact these are some small things uh, that i mean you have to be in touch with your managers or dms whatever small things start coming right? mm-hmm. in flipkart what we used to had was these widgets were always designed by the uh, developers the ios engineers they were really enthusiastic about these kind of things Hmm. so they uh, designed themselves all uh, these haptic touch feedbacks and 3d 3d menu and all in ios and they uh, or, or even the siri shortcuts right all these uh, technical things so i had few de- uh, friends and the developer uh, uh, side i talked to them how are you managing these things and all i talked to the pm who is who was responsible for this i took up those project uh, i mean of course i didn't let them hamper my uh, actual project bandwidth but i just took them on my own right and that's how you build sort of leverage and you that's how you feel accomplished okay this is something i designed this is something that everyone the app store would be seeing so uh, yeah you search for smaller chunks of such projects and start owning more and more and start taking up as you grow up the ladder right that's how your growth happens and i mean that's how you own start owning bigger projects i'm so glad i asked you that question cuz you know how i was sort of asking for you know like okay do, is there like a checklist that i can do or like can look forward to as a junior designer or something like that but the answers that you gave especially that the one that made me sort of shatter whatever you know things that i had in my mind about this in the answer for this question is talking about where it's a team effort rather than a single person doing it right and i can see how that is a huge factor in my mind because when i'm a solo freelancer this is what happens right like i'm solely responsible for all the touch points for all the users so i feel more in control but when you're working in bigger firms it's very important to collaborate and work in a team and the biggest second point is how you said the building le- relationships and leverage right and i think that is a huge huge thing which junior designers need to focus yeah. on is that's how you go forward it's a huge thing most most designers uh, tend to perform great when they are working solo uh, when they start right because uh, there is a certain mindset right okay that whenever they were designing you create is like your baby you don't want anyone to touch them and so that's a mindset uh, that happens early on for designers and that that's that's a quality i mean you need to uh, come over it, actually mm-hmm. i mean you have to understand that the the product which you are working on right it's not a single person effort like everyone is equally responsible for that uh, so the engineer or the pm or the business or the marketing guy they have equal say in uh, your in your product if they are not able to understand something or they are saying uh, if it's a collective decision that this is not working uh, then of course you have to reconsider the decision right of course sometimes there are discrepancies that 
things. Uh, I mean, they do not see it from a design perspective. Uh, there will be some certain cases, but they are always rare. And you must be always flexible to change that, right? Because the design is never finished. I mean, you work on it for six months. After six months, someone else is going to change it, of course. Yeah. A redesign will happen after a year or so. And someone else will own it. So it's not never your product. Right? True. But whatever, whenever you are doing that, right, one needs to put their best efforts and make sure you put a, uh, I mean, sort of an entire living document of whoever is whoever else is going to take up that project, right? What are your thought process, whatever you have tried, what hasn't worked. So the other, the next designer should be able to know those things. Good. And that's completely true. Like, I think it was you or Vijay Varma. I don't remember who exactly was tweeting about this as to how you should not fall in love with the product, but you should constantly evolve your processes and like, you know, make sure that you don't get protective of it, but just work on it for it to drive results and something like that. And what you said completely aligns with that. That's true. I I don't know who tweeted it, but uh, that's true, of course. (laughs) Got it. And one of the important questions that I wanted to ask you today is, you know, one uh, quote that I really believe is you're only as strong as your community, right? And when I think of all the designers who follow, I think you are the living definition of it. By what I mean by that is, even if I'm, pro- if, I'm, if I'm on product hunt, or if I'm on Instagram, if I'm on Twitter, if anywhere, right? Anywhere, if there's a design discussion that's happening, you're an active part of it. And you... I could see traces of it when you started telling me your story of how you were a part of a community in deviant art in 2012 and 2013 times, right? And it still sort of goes forward to your Figma times, your every single thing. So <laughs> how has that played a role in your life? And talk to me about the importance of being part of the conversation and being part of a community as such. Yeah. Uh, so there are very contracting viewpoints on this. Uh, so I'm someone who likes to, uh, build my, uh, act, uh, presence, social presence actively in the I mean, design community or whatever you call it. Uh, I like doing that. Uh, it's, I just like sharing my work or my viewpoints. There are some a certain set of peoples and there, uh, and some of them are really good. I mean, I get inspired from them daily. Uh, those, uh, there are some these people who do not want to be part of the social community and they, they do not feel like getting uh, being active in the community there, and which is totally okay. I mean, it's of course, uh, it's your choice, of course, and it's up to you how you just want to uh, spend your time. But what I believe in is uh, uh, if you are able to contribute, right. Uh, contribute in whatever way in discussions and if you find if you're confident about your decision uh, a lot of other people seeing it right will learn at the same time so i have worked with some amazing designers in flipkart uh, but only i know of them i mean i have learned uh, not you right hmm. uh, because you haven't uh, worked with them yet. so no one is uh, i mean no one denies sharing information but is this the social pressure right if you see the current community it's too much pressure right there is a lot of fomo happening okay this one this one so th- that might be one of the uh, reasons why people do not tend to uh, i mean communicate or be part of these uh, social groups uh, 
uh, i myself have seen uh, i mean i was quite active before uh, compared like two three years before i was quite active i the graph if you see right it has just reduced i mean i am comparatively much less active than i was before uh, now i pick my battle selectively i mean wherever i think i can learn or i can make someone else learn that's where i give uh, my inputs or try to learn from them uh, so that's something i mean of course going forward two three years uh, of course this will this trait will of course improve more uh, but yeah i mean for me it has helped a lot uh, being part of the community has made me uh, i mean my the community part right the networking part in the design community in the design community has uh, really brought me a lot of leverage and that has certainly helped me a lot in my career decisions and there is this thing right the value you actually have and the uh, value you create for yourself in social virtually the perceived value and that's quite important actually Hmm. how uh, i mean a lot of things tend to get smooth if you have a good social value true among your peers or your friends so in that from that perspective right from that point of view i think it has helped me that's great and one thing that i love about you know you your social media feed is also like you know when you're posting stories and something like that it's not necessarily always news if you genuinely just like someone's art or someone's you know design someone's post or you repost it and it's that act of generosity that builds that relationship around you know with you like the more you do it the more you are involved with the community so i think that's great and you know i just wanted to thank you for that <laughs> uh one more question i have this is very specific to swiggy first of all i love swiggy uh swiggy is my only choice not even my first choice like it's just my only choice that i'm ordering food and one thing that uh that got me thinking when you know i was thinking about uh, having you on the podcast is for swiggy it's very important to have as many restaurants as many good restaurants as possible different cuisines different as many options as possible for its users right but at the same time the more options there are the harder it is for the user to pick something right yeah. i know you haven't been associated with swiggy for way too long so you might not have actively participated in this decisions but i'm sure you would have you have idea about this as to what are some things that you guys do at swiggy or like even you know are this uh, what are these things that you know you talk about or like you know discuss to sort of remove that uh, decision paralysis between having to choose between you know 120 or 150 restaurants in something like bangalore right uh, what are some yeah. things uh, that you guys do over there at swiggy yeah i mean this is a very genuine problem right with scale obviously decision making becomes difficult uh, so there are a lot of things which uh, we do under the name of personalized uh, personalization uh, one of the things which is live is you see you can mark your favorite restaurants right mm-hmm. and then choose between them of course uh, and then uh, this helps people decide uh, whatever they want to choose from and then our swiggy uh, uh, trains itself that okay these are the type of restaurant this person wants to see and we will try to show those kind of restaurants of front instead of making them scroll uh, till the bottom of the list so as we progress right the personalization is a very uh, 
complex thing. I mean, from a feasibility point of view. I mean, of course, from a design point of view, it's just modules, right? We just say, okay, we'll show you this, this, this based on their choices. But the uh, frame from a framework side of things, right? It's very, very complex, and there are so many factors that you just it's just uh, permutations and combinations of this, right? And that can uh, affect what you see and uh, what you buy. So we are slowly trying on those aspects, how to make the homepage or the feed more personalized and make you decide faster. Uh, there are a few things that I can't talk about, <laughs> uh, but uh, there are a few things which are obviously in the, uh, which are currently live. Uh, if you see like topics for you, that is something our uh, model trains itself and tries to suggest to uh, uh, nearby you, uh, which helps to decide uh, that okay, this response will deliver you faster. Mm. So things like that. There are a lot of uh, these models which come together and help you uh, make the decision faster. Got it. Uh, all right. So my next question is about for someone who's starting out. Uh, how can like what are some things that are like identifiers or like you know signifiers in these companies that you can look forward to when you're choosing a place to work at, right? When not like not everybody just wants to apply to like something like Swiggy or something like Flipkart, right? They have different options, which are a handful of companies around them, which are nearby them. What are some things that junior design, like who are pe- people who are applying for junior designers need to keep in mind when choosing places to apply for? Yeah. Uh, so uh, this one again, right? It's a very, uh, for me, I personally, uh, have certain factors which I consider before making the switch or before choosing a new company. Uh, for junior designers, uh, there are not many factors because uh, one of the main things should be to learn as much as possible, right? And choosing a good design team or a good product is very important. So the decision making should relatively be faster there. Uh, one of the things I compromised early on in my career before choosing Adult was uh, there are three factors you get, right? One is a product. The, uh, product or the brand basically uh, the design team uh, or the ownership or the projects we'll be working on and the other is the salary factor right the mm-hmm. money factor so I choose uh, I chose a hit on the salary factor I the uh, option I got I mean the offer I got from Delhi right it's had a significantly higher uh, salary but a lower product and a design value I feel and that's when I chose out because I consider the long-term design that I want to learn and okay this is something uh, they are anyway paying me good and I do not need to focus on money as the primary factor uh, that can be secondary or tertiary uh, but the whole foremost thing right for a junior uh, who is just coming into industry should be to learn and build as much leverage as possible in the design I mean to create the impact that impact is what will do wonders later on right so yeah, and when you go go past a certain stage, right? For example, when I when I was planning to switch um, Flipkart uh, to to other company, right? Then the decision making, these factors, right, uh, increased. I mean, there was product, there was brand, there was salary, and then there, of course there was a design team factor, and then comes the. Uh, uh, manager right what kind of manager will you be working with or what the mm. how are the product people there what are the mm. who is the director or the pp of design there how how do they think of design and their product how they how can they inculcate the 
culture or design culture in their company. So these are a lot of factors that come in while making decisions as you move up the track, right? There also I made a choice, uh, certain choices which helped me join Swiggy. Uh, of course, uh, these factors will keep on changing as you move up the ladder. Sometimes money will take priority. Sometimes money will take uh, a backseat. Sometimes uh, your uh, role, the role you get, right? The senior or the lead roles, uh, they do not actually matter, but sometimes uh, they tend to matter if you are someone who uh, are prioritizing on that. So that might be another factor of choosing one company. Got it. So, so uh, understanding that, our, that, that, that our priorities like and based on that. Exactly. Got it. Uh, what is your general advice for people who are, you know, starting out with their journey and, you know, have worked on their personal projects and things like that and, you know, are applying for their first jobs? Uh, what are some of the advice that you have while, you know, the process of hiring and even once you get hired, you know, like what are the things that you want them to sort of focus on more to be a better designer later on? Yeah, so the first thing I would uh, suggest to everyone who's starting out there is you have to have a good eye for design. I mean, you have to understand what, what design is and what design doesn't work. So that's key. I mean, it's very easy to get, uh, I mean, lost in the entire uh, design industry or the community, right? Of course, it's increasing. And with, uh, with the increase in quantity, right, the quality tends to decrease and good quality stuff or the good design tends to get hidden. So you must have an eye or you must learn to have an eye for good design or good products or what, what actually works and what doesn't. So that understanding, right, that is very important and that will keep on, uh, I mean, that you will be obviously keeping on improving that as you move further the ladder or, the, uh, or your, on your career. But to have a good starting point, right, that's very important. Follow good people, follow people with uh, leverage follow people who have done good work and what, how they uh, make their opinions, how, how, what kind of philosophies they follow. I mean, what are their viewpoints? Uh, the other part would be once you get into a job, right? Uh, rely on your, I mean, rely on your team outside of design actually. So that's one helpful thing. I mean, designers of course will be working on certain projects, right? In a team. And they will have very less context of what you are working, except your manager or your uh, senior designer. Uh, but the other people involved in the project, right? The product manager or the engineers or the marketing or the operations guy. So they will have a good context of how this product is being built from their own perspective. And that's very key to learn from them. And that's how you improve as a designer. You just cannot uh, improve your design skills, right? Design is a combination of so many, uh, I mean, experience, you cannot just improve your user experience skills because user experience is a combination of so many other skills, right? So you have to learn those skills. And user experience uh, is just what how people interact with the uh, I mean the product you are building, right? But then if you see how it is being built, the decisions, how people are taking decisions of what goes into the product and what doesn't, understanding why they are being taken, that's very important. That will help you make, I mean, make yourself a better designer. Got it. And that's, that's very true. Like for us, uh, 
picking up design and getting a better designers like visually is something that you can do by hand but learning the experience yeah. side of it is not something that you can just read books or like you know do personal projects to learn through it's something that you have to deliberately pay attention to and sort of learn through the process uh what is your sort of uh philosophy towards design like you know how some people have less is more and you know some people have you know if it looks better it works better and i know to some extent all of them are true uh but mm-hmm. what is your sort of like number one on that list like when you're making a design decision as to should it be there or not like what are some things that you look to to judge that so for me uh this i do not have a philosophy per se but i certainly do consider few things as i mentioned earlier right i obviously keep the product and the business decisions in mind and the technical feasibility decisions in mind i have a certain uh, till a certain extent i have a knowledge of how things are possible in the are possible to build in the real world from an engineering side of things uh, so that i keep all these factors in mind and of course when it comes to visual right i always believe uh, the aesthetic usability effect comes into play and it's important to create functional interfaces just not the, not just good looking interfaces right your interface should be good enough and it should work well and it should be functional and that's a philosophy i always uh, the kind of philosophy you can say that's the i always keep while building my products it should be simple and easy to understand of course if it demands fanciness right then it should be fancy but it should not be it's not cross the line okay that uh, it doesn't need to be that fancy and but you are still making it fancy just because you have the skills so that's that's a important line to draw i have uh, one example which uh, might be helpful to understand this concept so i if you know daniel burka right uh, i listened to one of his high resolution podcast uh, very mentioned about uh, how they had experimented on uh, a coupon uh, generating website so if you know right this coupon websites these these are very hacky right these look very jumbled up and these look like just html pages basically html pages and all. and and that's how you get the feeling right these torrent websites and all this stuff that's how you get the feeling okay this is this will work but if you consider a very beautifully designed dribblish with gradient torrent website you for sure will know that will not work right because you see it's you know it's fake yeah only that hackiness right that hackiness gives that flea market wala feel that cheap and discount that that feel that it gives uh, whereas a supermarket right uh, daniel had meant, uh, gave the, uh, given the reference of a walmart versus a flea market walmart everything looks expensive because it's fancy the interiors are very fancy but whereas the flea market right you know these things are cheap and you'll get very you can do a lot of jugar and mm. uh, do a lot of things there so that was that applies to digital designs also where it's required you need to put that fanciness where it's not required you need to have the bare minimum and it should be functional it should be usable got it oh i'm so glad you brought up the daniel bukka cuz uh, i remember reading through your website and you know uh, finding the place where you know the, there's an article written about how different uh, designers contributed to the simple apps branding right so and you were a contributor yeah. can you talk to me a little bit about how you came across that and what was your role in contribution to the whole project 
so i had known daniel for uh, a long time uh, through one mutual friend and uh, when he came to india for the first time uh, i uh, i mean i and my other friend were i mean lucky to hang around with him and know a lot of things that time i was just uh, starting out my career right and i was really fascinated and uh, that okay i i will get a lot of uh, i will get to uh, know a lot of things from him uh, ask certain questions which i so we spent a lot of time uh, in uh, roaming around in delhi uh, and that's how became a good connection and a good uh, friend and uh, we used to keep in touch people whenever he came to india we used to meet and that's how when he started simple right and he thought of an open source branding project and i got to know about that and i thought okay why not contribute there it would be a chance to work with him also how he thinks of uh, certain things and that's how i also contributed some of my ideas there it was a collaborative effort it was a level 1 uh, where everyone uh, put up their own uh, ideas and and then they after after a week they decided uh, which are the ideas they will go forward to level 2 and then then another uh, again some designers worked on level 2 refining this concept and then us branding was chosen so that's how uh, entirely uh, the, he made it entirely on github uh the entire progress it's still there you can see that mm-hmm. uh so yeah it was a great i mean i haven't worked on a open source kind of design project like that that was just a small very small contribution i made that's great uh so i do this section in my podcast called <laughs> make the logo bigger and you know how you know where that's going right when a client tells you make the logo bigger you know the number of unlimited revisions and you know the grunt work that goes behind it uh, so basically the idea behind the section is what are some things or particularly one thing if you can pinpoint it to uh, that you hate about being a product designer one thing that you wish the industry would like wrap its head around or like something that could change that annoys you right now yeah i think uh, subjective opinions right we have to deal a lot with that and that's one of the things i mean most designers would like to avoid uh, even in between designers right it's even extreme in between designers because of course uh, arguing with a non designer is easier than arguing with a designer uh, from a visual point of view uh, but then uh, i mean everyone including me has faced this uh, make the logo bigger kind of thing even today morning also i faced one of such uh, decisions uh the thing is like they tend to think isko ye dikh nahi raha like it's not visible can you make it more visible that's what pushes me off right <laughs> that how, i mean it needs to be objective right that okay why is it not visible how can and you, you have to suggest solutions that this is how you can make this uh, more visible or this is how you can make others other element deep direct so that this gets more visibility so whenever people some people do it some people just give her that line ki chamak nahi raha what i do to them is i have this old habit uh, for example if they say that uh, this button needs to be more visible i just put a rainbow gradient on that and i send them <laughs> <laughs> and then they understand that then they start giving some objective feedback okay we can tone this down a bit i can do this down a bit 
That helps for me at least. <laughs> yeah, and giving feedback is is a very definite skill that most designers need to pick up because when we are first of all very bad at taking feedback because you know we sort of are in love with the whole design that we made and look at it as a baby. So to look at it objectively itself is hard. And when we are sort of used to being just on the receiving end of it, we never focus on how to effectively communicate feedback. So I think yeah, it's it's like karma. Like we don't. take care of it and it kicks back us like you know later on in life so that's true <laughs> yeah i mean i have struggled a lot with taking and uh, giving feedback uh, i learned over it over the past few years from, i mean uh, from my managers and my seniors in flipkart that i have learned a lot how to actually take inputs and how to actually implement them and i mean uh, that's a learning process right not everyone who starts out will will be able to articulate them properly or take them properly and that's a learning process for sure but once the earlier you get this skill right taking good feedback and giving good feedback uh, that's a that will do wonders to your product actually i mean everyone will have opinions right and you you need to have the skill to filter out the good versus bad or signal noise kind of thing right if you are able to take those signals properly right it's it i mean your product will of course improve 10x true true now i just have a couple of questions more left and uh, my last but one question is talk to me a little bit about at made by rahul account and what is your thought process behind creating that and you know segregating your creative experiments into a different uh, place like what is that like yeah so uh, thanks for lockdown uh, so i had been planning on uh, so as i said i started with graphic design and i really love doing i mean exploring that segment of uh, design graphic design so i i've been doing product design since 2016 uh, but i haven't really got the time to explore uh, i mean go back to my old uh, work files and all and explore how i i, I mean my love for graphic design right? i haven't been able to explore it So this uh, lockdown, I just started an Instagram account. I used to post uh, in between and from my main account, uh, my personal account, and my Dribble portfolio. Uh, but then that was not enough because I wanted to create a perception that uh, I mean I wanted to create a separate perception of, of this space. And uh, so I separated out my personal account. Uh, I closed my Behance. Uh, I just put a blank empty project saying no more updates here. <laughs> and get only one or two projects which i think is good enough that's it the rest all i deleted uh, so behance is close for me dribble is the same my visual product explorations uh, i have i built my website where i can put my thought processes and all uh, uh, i just uh, i it's a very i did it in a week uh, it's quite hacky but it works uh, so uh, by that time i i'll be building my in depth case studies also uh, now and made my rahul i created so that i could explore an entirely separate uh, stuff so i have been picking up this uh, 3d learning 3d right i have been planning it lot and so this account is a good point where i can share all this stuff and uh, if you notice i do not really share my work related stuff in this account because that's i have kept that separate uh, but yeah all my fun explorations right whatever for my old files which ever i haven't uploaded you know things like that i just put it in made by all of them i love all the artworks that you post man especially the voxel artworks that you post are just super cute and amazing 
Uh, all right. So my last question is, why is your URL called DS in Theta? What's the story behind it? <laughs> <laughs> There is a thing with me and usernames. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, okay. I haven't like many people know about this. So I saw a quote somewhere when I was struggling. Uh, where it was written, uh, designing them tactfully, a sort of this line, right? And that I had clicked one of those photos there, and then when I looked back, right, uh, when I came back from that travel uh, trip, I I was creating my website back then, and I thought, okay, uh, uh, how can I implement this, right? I mean, that just stuck with me, and design theta is nothing but was these uh, letters of those words, uh, initial letters of those words combined together. And I was uh, trying a few combinations. And then I thought my love for science, right? And design uh, could really fuse into this work, theta uh, with the sine theta sort of thing. And or also it pronounced design ka short form like design. Mm-hmm. And I just made something there and it just stuck on. I was exploring some logos, I had different logos and all back then. And it just stuck with me and I saw I brought that domain because it anyway unique, right? And, <laughs> and it just stuck on, that's it. But then I thought uh, when making an Instagram account, right, I keep it simple this time. I not experiment. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely love the hand lettering mark logo that you have for the website. It's It's gorgeous. I love it. Thank you, thank you. That was one of the initial explorations from that one. I stuck with that one. Uh, I was exploring with symbols and all, but I think that hand lettering worked really good. Uh, I am redesigning my portfolio. Uh, so I think I will be redesigning that also. Let's see. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And again, that's about it from my side. Thank you so much for taking the time out again for being on the show. Uh, I heard some great answers and I'm sure like everybody who's listening is going to find a ton of value. If you want to say something or like a parting message, you can go ahead. Uh, parting message is very tough. I already said a lot. Uh, it's okay. It's not necessary. I think I'll, I'll just include some links which I find useful, which I talked about, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that might give more in-depth into those topics. So I think I'll just send, send it over to you, which you can include. Perfect. And yeah, man, this is my first podcast and I really loved it. Uh, thanks for giving me the opportunity. I hope I am able to produce some value. 100%. It was my pleasure having you. Thank you again. <laughs>